What's up, y'all? It's Nick here from Super West Sports. And today, we got a little mailbag question in, a little mailer, a little mailbag aficionado. Yeah, we got a mailbag question, guys. You want me to make up any more, like, acronyms or slang terms? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. So, uh, guys, the question reads, can Arizona Hoops make another big run this year without Matherin? And then a little added comments. I didn't really like him. Too cocky for me, but he was fun to watch. And the question's from Saladin in Huntington Park, California. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. I, I don't like mispronouncing people's name. Could be Saladin, but Saladin looks right to me. So, um, obviously, because y'all like to make it difficult for me, <laughs> it's like your plan. We're always on the same page. I just want to like freaking make it hard. Y'all throw in your personal comments. You throw in some parentheses. Y'all make the question difficult for viewers to understand, guys. So what I'm going to do here is reread the question in normal terms. Make it real freaking simple for y'all. Um, so uh, actually, seriously, I, I do like your guys' personal comments. It, it actually makes it a lot of fun for me. But just uh, for all the listeners and viewers out there um, to make it a little bit simpler, essentially, again, the question reads, can Arizona Hoops make another big run this year without Matherin? And it is from Saladin in Huntington Park, California. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Arizona Hoops... Who knows Arizona Hoops? Do I know Arizona Hoops? Do you know Arizona Hoops? <laughs> I don't know what that was, guys. What, what, what's happening here? And what I'm trying to say is, guys, I do have a little insight on Arizona Hoops, but we got an expert here at Super West Sports. That's damn right. And he was my original podcast partner. He is Dane Miller, the assistant editor, and probably has some other big-ass fancy titles here at Super West Sports. And yeah, Guess what? He's also your local freaking Arizona hoops expert. So I'm going to bring him back in to answer today's question. We still probably do not agree on anything. Our climates are different. This guy watches like freaking like racing and shit. How boring is that? I don't even know if we even like each other. But hey, when it comes here to getting some straight stone cold Steve Austin freaking knowledge on Arizona hoops, uh, Dane Miller is seriously your guy. And um, I'm really grateful for his time today. So, it's been a little while since I've said this. I'm going to send it down, down. No, I'm going to send it uh, down south to Dane. Um, he's going to answer this question here about Arizona Hoops. Give you guys some really, really elite insight. He Seriously, we like to mess around with each other. He's going to give you some elite insight. So, uh, guys, uh, or excuse me, um, Dane, I'm going to send it down to you. And thank you for your time, bud. Hell yeah, Nick. Glad to be back on this, your podcast that you're doing and, and, you know, working together with you. feel like we're probably going to do more of these moving forward for this season. Uh, so the question is about Arizona basketball and whether or not they're going to have another big run without Benedict Matherin. So we need to put into context Arizona's season last year. I don't even think it's considered a big run by people who are fans of Arizona and the local media here in Tucson. It was a Sweet 16 loss, which is honestly a disappointment, no matter how you phrase it in any season um, of Arizona basketball history. I mean, if you lose in the Sweet 16, that means you weren't good enough for the Elite Eight, certainly not good enough for a Final Four. I mean, sure, it's better than losing in the first round, definitely better than a second round loss, but a Sweet 16 defeat is really not what what the – what the fan base and, and what the people in Tucson were expecting out of this season, considering what happened throughout the regular season. Now, now the loss against Houston was, you know, primarily due to 
just a physicality difference with the Cougars and um, Kelvin Sampson's game plan primarily was around Azulis Tubelis and they shut him down, which really hampered Arizona's system. Uh, Kirk Creesa had that ankle injury that he was coming back from, didn't really play very well. Um, and, and so you, you combine those two together, you have two, two of your starters on Arizona not playing well. And, you know, Houston just physically dominating Arizona. It was just, um, it was just a poor matchup, really. Um, and in the context of that season, I mean, Arizona went 33-4 and with an 18-2 and record in the Pac-12. So it was the most conference wins in school history, which is, you know, quite the stat. And that those 33 wins was only the eighth time um, that Arizona had got 30-plus wins in a season. Um, so in that context, you know, th- that part of the season was one of the all-timers, one of the greatest in Arizona history with all those wins. Uh, you know, they were, had a winning record against UCLA, two wins over the Bruins. Uh, they beat Oregon for the first time in like four or five years. It was really a fantastic regular season and a great um, Pac-12 tournament, another Pac-12 uh, tournament championship. If you remember when Arizona clinched the regular season, it was a domination of USC at the Galen Center in L.A. Just embarrassed those guys in their home court. So really, I mean, it's it's a got to look at it in two different ways when you get in the context of last season. But I don't think it was a big run. So the question is, can they do another big run? Well, last season wasn't a big run. The Sweet 16 is not a big run. It's the 20th all-time in the history of the program, so 20 Sweet 16s. It's not even really noteworthy. I mean, I mean, you know, okay, it's a little bit like, hey, they got to the Sweet 16, okay, but, you know, they failed. They did not go where they were expected to go. They were number one seed. It was really a disappointing end of the year. But looking at next season, so there's there's several pieces that left to the NBA. So um, Dalen Terry was really an important piece of the puzzle, really did a lot, didn't score. He wasn't really the scorer, but he really was, they call him the glue guy. He's off to the NBA, to the Bulls. Christian Coloco is really the biggest piece that's going to be missing because of his defensive prowess. His shot blocking ability was just one of the best in the country last season. His offensive game turned up out of nowhere. Uh, Coloco is really going to, I think is going to be the biggest piece missing on the team. And of course, Matherin with his scoring uh, clutch moments, you know, Matherin had big games and, or, you know, big games and big moments uh, had a really couple, couple great stretches last season. Uh, But looking at the 22, 23 season, I've got four returning players that are key for Arizona to make uh, another run like they did last year. First is Pella Larson. Uh, so he's a sort of a shooting guard, kind of a wing, bit of a point guard at times, sort of a hybrid type of player. Uh, his shooting, particularly from three, is going to be important to Arizona's season. But he also needs to become a scorer inside the paint and get to the free throw line more. Last season, Pella kind of came in as the transfer, sort of the new face um, in the program from Utah. And he didn't really – he wasn't aggressive at the beginning of the year. He didn't really, you know, hunt for his shot. He really um, was a pass-first kind of player. And I think that's going to change this season. Uh, he's going to be a starter. He's going to be expected to contribute a lot more. So his development from his sophomore to junior year is incredibly key to Arizona's success this year. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, he was really consistent last year but played better towards the end of the year. Uh, Azulis Tubelis, I think he's 
you don't want to say he's soft, but the reality is he's soft. And he got really bullied in that uh, Houston game and just kind of disappears at times inexplicably. Uh, I think he had like 30 points in, in one of the the quarterfinals of the Pac-12 tournament maybe, but then didn't do much after that. Uh, really, he's a mismatch. He's a complete nightmare if uh, an opposing team doesn't have the type of personnel to match up with him. So he's a lefty um, and he's 6'10 or 6'11, like 240. But he's like a finesse player, so he doesn't really bully you down in the paint. He's going to blow by with speed. Um, and so the key, I think, for him is getting more aggressive, both defensively and in the paint. Tommy Lloyd's system is really meant to have a lot of ball movement and flowing, um, particularly from from the perimeter and then inside uh, with with screens at the top and and, kind of just like creating like a a mismatch, I guess, a a flowy type of offense that, um, you know, there's a screen up top and then the the guard or whoever has the ball throws it down low uh, to a big or a wing who either dunks it or lays it up. And it's just a continual movement system, put up a ton of points. And Azulis Chavez really thrived under that. He needs to continue to do that. He was really working on his three-point shot um, at the end of the last season, which didn't make any sense to me. I I think he must have been getting some information from scouts or something that he needs to improve that part of his game to make him more appealable to the NBA. Um, I didn't really like that. He's not really a three-point shooter, but if he is able to – consistently hit those shots maybe in the 30 33 percent range uh you know that's that's a dynamic of the of the program that'll really help arizona this year uh kirk Carisa is my third guy so he's obviously the point guard uh, most people have you know various thoughts about Carisa. he's very vocal uh the kind of player that if he's not on your team obviously you don't like him and you know talks a lot of shit and just likes to get under people's skin his development of a mid-range game might be the most important thing to Arizona season in 22-23. He doesn't have a mid-range game. He doesn't lay the ball up. He shoots a lot of threes, and when he shoots them, he's very inconsistent. When he's on, he's on. I think he made like nine threes against Utah in Salt Lake City, but he's gone games where he's like 0 for 12, right, in that UCLA game at Pauley Pavilion back in, I guess it was February of earlier this year. So his inside game, and particularly getting to the free throw line, is incredibly important. He's a good passer. He's a good decision maker. He's a good ball handler. He does, he plays good defense. Uh, he's the leader of the team, you know, rallies everybody. Kirk Riso is extremely important to the Wildcats roster. And that mid-range game is going to be pivotal to Arizona's season. In the fourth one, you might not have heard of him or you might not know much about him. Adama Ball, so he's a, a French, uh, a French freshman last year. So he's going to be a sophomore. Hardly played at all until the very end of the season. He hit two vital three-point shots against UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game. Arizona was losing at the time. He hit those two threes, and it really helped Arizona go on a run um, towards the end of the first half there and, in, and into the second half. Adama Ball is so important to this year's team. The way that he's able to create his own shot, his outside shooting is excellent. He really didn't get an opportunity last year to play very much. He's going to be a significant part of the rotation this season. And I think he has a great chance to end up as a starter. Uh, So Adama Ball, those 
was a very you know important part of the puzzle uh, for the newcomers. So the biggest one that's going to have the most immediate impact is Courtney uh, Ramey. So he's a Texas point guard transfer. Uh, I guess he was a starter or, or I, I'm pretty sure he was a starter for four years at Texas. He comes in as a veteran leader. Uh, I think a true point guard and one who's going to run Tommy Lloyd's offense, um, hopefully the way that Lloyd expects it. If he is more of a ball-dominant type of guard, a la the Sean Miller era, it's going to be interesting to see how Lloyd coaches him because the system is entirely dependent on ball movement and players being not selfish. And so when you have a, a guard that started for four years at a program like Texas coming into this new system, you have a slight concerns about his willingness to share the ball, which will be an, a very important part of the season. And him running point allows Kirk Risa to play more of a, a shooting guard role. And at the very least, his point guard depth. Um, so that allows Creasa to, to sit on the bench while Ramey runs things and vice versa. So it allows a, a good rotation to happen in there. And they can run two guards if they wanted, two point guards if they wanted. Uh, but Tommy Lloyd last year, like in the Pac-12 championship game, he was down his two point guards and had to run like a, a small forward at the point. Dalen Terry ran the point for like the entire second half of the Pac-12 championship game against UCLA and Arizona still ended up winning by I think double digits. Uh, Kylan Boswell is the freshman that is probably going to have uh, somewhat of a unknown impact, kind of a wild card. He reclassified from the class of 2023. He was a five-star, I believe, in the 2023 class, but moved up to the 2024 class. And when he moved up, he lost one of his stars. He's still a top 35 prospect in the nation. His role will be as like the third point guard. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play per game, probably somewhere between 10 and 15 and when needed more, depending on foul trouble and matchups. His development through the season is going to be very interesting to watch. I don't know much about his game, particularly if he's a, a three-point shooter or not. We'll see at the beginning of the year. Tommy Lloyd has shown he likes to do an eight- or nine-man rotation and I'm sure is willing to go up to 10 if he has the personnel to do it. Last year, the rotation got a little bit cut with Kim Aiken Jr. Um, leaving the program in the middle of the year. So Tommy Lloyd had to run about eight guys deep most of the year, and it really started to wear on the team at the end of the season. Uh, with injuries and just the pace that Tommy Lloyd runs with, it, it's conducive to uh, a bigger rotation. So Kylan Boswell is going to be really important to that this season. He's going to be like the third string point guard. Um, so Arizona's got some depth at the point guard position, depending on how you view Kirk Risa. But finally, I think the most important freshman, Henri Visar. So this guy is a fairly well-respected international recruit. Uh, he's from Estonia, I believe, the same country as Kirk Krisa. His role is going to be as a shot blocker. He is Christian Coloco's replacement. He's like seven feet tall, skinny, is really going to look like a, a white version of Coloco. And is really, he's, he, I want to say he's the most important freshman, certainly, coming in. But he might be the most important newcomer even more than uh, Courtney Ramey and that's because Arizona doesn't really have that key shot blocker that it had last season with Coloco. Umar Balo is a little bit like that 
uh, but doesn't have quite the same shot blocking ability as Coloco did. And Balo tends to get in a little bit of foul trouble because of his strength and the way that he uh, plays the game more physical. So Henri Visar is extremely important to the season. If Visar can come close, even half of the production um, blocking that Coloco was able to put up last season, Arizona is going to be a significantly better team than some people think. So those are the main guys that are key, I think, to this season. Uh, but again, directly answering the question, like the big run, it wasn't a big run last year. I mean, we've been over this the Sweet 16. It was not really up to Arizona standards. But if the players this year can gel chemistry-wise, I think Ramey is an extremely important part of that. And then the, the development of the players that were already on the roster, which Tommy Lloyd proved he was capable of doing last season, is another big part of the of the process, I guess, in year two of Tommy Lloyd. I don't think Arizona is going to win the Pac-12 regular season championship. I think probably UCLA is the favorite, followed maybe by Oregon. I think Arizona probably slots in right there at three. USC is a question mark to me. Um, they got a couple decent freshmen coming in, decent five stars. Uh, yeah, so decent for USC level. I mean, we're talking about potential lottery picks with them. But anyways, I, I think that Arizona is a top three program. I don't think I'd put them at four. Um, and it would be interesting just to see how they do on the road. Mikhail Center is going to be hyped. It's going to be popping again this season. Uh, no doubt that Arizona is going to have a huge home court advantage once again. But it's really up to the development of the players that are already on the roster and these new guys coming in. Uh, but Nick, I'll throw it back to you. Hopefully we can do this again in the future. All right, Dane, thanks for your time, man. Much appreciated. And the one thing that Dane did want me to add for all you listeners out there is that Boswell was actually the class of 2022, not 2024. Again, Boswell was the class of 2022, not 2024. And so, yeah, um, we'll definitely be collaborating um, probably in some way, shape, or form here for the college football season coming around. Not sure exactly what that'll look like. Maybe the Dana Nick show, maybe another mailbag cl uh, collaboration, maybe a collaboration with some others. Um, we'll fine-tune the details. That's what keeps it fun. Like, we're going to tell you. Like, we're going to tell you. Pay attention. Pay attention, guys. But, yeah, <laughs> we uh, obviously college football season come around the corner. Um, some things will be happening. And now, back to you, Saladin. I have a question for you, good sir. I was looking at some uh, restaurants in your hometown, um, kind of looking them up on Google. Now I was kind of wondering which restaurant you pre uh, you prefer. The two I was really looking at was uh, El Chamizal and Norms. <laughs> Norms is in all caps. I'm not really sure why. Uh, you're going to have to explain that one to me. And El Chamizal to me, I'll start there. It just looked like a really good like sit-down family environment, top-shelf food. The food looked really, really tasty. This is El Chamizal I'm talking about. And then Norms... <laughs> <laughs> I love yelling that. It was like this like classic American diner. But I was looking at their menu and one thing was like chicken with bourbon on it. Man, I was just wondering how, how much bourbon are we talking here? Saladin, can you answer that question for me? We're trying to keep it kid appropriate, so so I'll stop there, but um that's the question for you, Saladin. Do you prefer Norms or El Chamizal? Because now I'm wondering. If I ever stop there, I gotta make a choice. <laughs> so Seriously, I just want to thank you for your question. Um, I always love talking hoops. Um, but, you know, going forward here, it will be majority college football stuff here. You, you got to understand that's just the way it works. 
So for Dane, I'm Nick. We're someone. We're out, baby. And y'all have a great, 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 great day. Adios, amigos.